Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Welcome just very briefly our new friend from Haiti. Would you welcome with me Pastor Benit June? Amen. 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 Have a seat, Pastor. I am so, so glad you can be seated. I'm so glad to introduce him to you, and we thought the best way to do that was for an interview style. So for the next 20 or so minutes, just before Pastor preaches, and I don't leave yet, because you're going to get your money's worth, uh, Pastor's going to preach, but uh, we did want to sort of introduce you, and I wish that we could do this to every ministry partner and missions partner that we have around the world. It's just not possible. Uh, but we thought this was the best way so, so you could sort of meet him and his uh, organization, what he does in Haiti. Uh, how many of you remember the tragic earthquake that happened? How many years? 2010. 2010. How many of you remember that? Uh, hundreds of thousands. Pastor, how many people perished? said there were over 250,000 people died. In, in one event. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Haiti, uh, situated in the Caribbean, is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Depending on what study you look at, it is ranked the poorest country on planet Earth. Poorer than any other country in, in Africa or in, in Asia that you would sort of, your mind goes to those poor countries. The island nation of Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere and maybe on the planet. And Pastor Benit uh, was born and raised in Haiti just outside of Port-au-Prince, about an hour outside of Port-au-Prince. And he... Um, Came to the United States, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong on this story, came to the United States for higher education. That's sort of a cultural deal that maybe parents would send their young people to the United States for education mm-hmm. and to Canada. Not, and so, Not really, but if, if the door is open. If the door is open. Uh, you know, for them to come, then uh, it's not easy because they know if they come here, they're not going back. So, Yeah, it's, uh, especially to Texas. Right. Yeah. This is like a Venus flytrap. You can't get out of this. So he came to Canada first and then to the United States uh, and did some schooling here. And then in 1996 made what was a very difficult decision, as you can imagine, to go back home. So very briefly, uh, Pastor, I want you to talk to me sort of about where you were born and the village that you were born in. There's a couple of pictures you're going to see as our conversation goes forward. You're going to kind of get some visual of what we're talking about. But very briefly, tell us that story about the, the town that you were born in, uh, coming to the United States, and then going back to Haiti. Would you give us that? Yes. Uh, first of all, let me say good evening. <laughs> How are you tonight? Amen. Uh, I mean, I, I come from a very warm country. Coming here, it's cold. Stick around. Anyway, but you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Who can stand before the cold of the Lord? So I don't know if it is that cold or maybe when the Lord has a cold. (laughs) 
<laughs> but nobody can stand before that cold. Eh? Whatever. So anyway, it's good to be here. I love to have fun with my people. I love people. So I'm trying to have a good sense of humor. And I love that. So I love you so much. I can laugh with you. I want to thank Pastor Rex Johnson for giving me this opportunity to be here. And I want to thank uh, Pastor Mitch uh, for picking me up and uh, asking me all kinds of questions. That, that's good, my friend. <laughs> so anyway. You're going to thank me in a minute. It's good. <laughs> so I was born in Haiti. Uh, like Pastor Mitch said, uh, Haiti is a very poor country. And uh, I left Haiti in 93 to come here in America to study. And uh, after that, you know, where I come from, as you know, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere with a rate of unemployment of about 60%. Uh, you know, one doctor for about 10,000 people. Uh, the illiteracy rate uh, is about... Uh, 60, uh, 70 percent. Uh, so the road, you know, about maybe, uh, I don't think we even have 10,000 kilometers of uh, roads paved. Uh, you know, most of the country uh, is not, uh, doesn't have power. Most of the country doesn't have uh, running water. So it's a very uh, difficult situation, uh, you know, situation there is not uh, that good in a sense. But somehow, uh, you know, when I, after I came to the United States to study, you know, you have a beautiful country. You know, I still remember when I left Haiti and went to Canada, I drove, uh, they were all the way, you know, the road were, the road were paved, lights all over the roads and, and so on. But somehow, uh, when I came here, my heart was not here. So the question that I asked myself, why not Haiti? Good. So that was the question that I asked myself. And uh, so when I come here, I've seen uh, schools, people are educated and so on. So I said, you know, that's not where I am. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in my country and do something. So I was not afraid to go back, uh, you know, into the lower situation and try to build things up. That's what I was Beautiful. Beautiful. And since 1996, you have done that and uh, built a remarkable ministry there. And I, I'm going to show you a couple of things that he is currently doing there uh, and some vision that he has to expand what he's doing when you hear knowing sort of the framework of that very, very poor country and what he has accomplished since 1996 is absolutely remarkable. Let me skip, though, fast forward to a very recent event. The terrible earthquake of 2010 completely devastated the country, an already poor country, the infrastructure not healthy, not, not well, and so just crumbled under the weight of this earthquake that, that, Pastor, you said only lasted maybe 30 seconds at most, but literally devastated an entire country that was already so very poor. And you were in the middle of that. Tell me about yes. sort of what happened that and how God delivered you from that. Uh, I've seen that they put the picture of my birthplace. That's where I was born. I've seen that. Right there. So 
I was born there. That was my hospital. But I told people, I don't care where I was born. With God, I'm going to do exploit. Yeah. Doesn't matter where you were born. So, yeah. I was in that earthquake uh, in uh, 2010. I was uh, getting, uh, taking some courses uh, at the university, getting my master's in uh, project, project management. And uh, the earthquake hit. When it hit, and I thought that uh, it was maybe, you know, somebody was experimenting a bomb <laughs> and hit Haiti. And it was afterwards that I recognized that it was an earthquake because we've never been, I never experienced an earthquake before. And while the building was coming down, the building was coming down. So the first thing is that I run where I sat down here and I run over there by the microphone to go to the exit door. And I went to that exit door and I touched the door, the doorknob, and I tried to uh, go outside. You know, the first thing to do in to a situation like that is to go outside. But there's a small voice inside of me telling me, don't go outside, don't go outside. And while the thing, uh, you know, that building was just coming down, coming down and falling. And a voice again inside of me said, you know, just scroll down on the floor. And I did. And the building came to a point where between the beams of the building and the floor, there was about 13 inches. Why? And I was able to go through that building. So that's where I came out, right there. The Lord saved me. He saved me. Yeah. He saved me. Beautiful. 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 But you know, one thing that I've learned in that building God knows where you are. Good. Every second, every second in your life, He knows where you are. Because the way that that scenario played, only God could have saved me. Because he placed me inside that building and he said, I'm not going to let you go outside. Because if I had gone on the, on the right of the building, the building would just fall on my head and I'll be dead. If I had gone on the left, all the blocks will fall on my head and I'll be dead. If you can see right here, it's the beams of the building touches the floor where I sat down and I'm alive today. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Amen. Beautiful. That, the, the picture that you see there, that's the second story that he was in. That's the roof of the second story and the 13 inches is between those two. So That was on the other side. On the other side. That's yeah. a flattened floor. And God saved him from that. What a remarkable, remarkable story. And, and you'll see why in a moment. I, I think I know why God saved him because he's not through using him yet. Now, one of the things that they do there that I love, one of the reasons why we love uh, our new relationship with uh, Pastor Benit is that your father 
uh, and you pastor a church there in the town that you grew up in. Talk yes. to me about that, about what you do in the church there, how the church is growing and thriving. And then maybe some. you also have uh, some other churches in Haiti that you help uh, lead and are responsible for. Talk yes, to me very yes. quickly about that. Uh, I would say that everything that uh, we want to do, we want it to be about the Lord Jesus Christ. Good. Uh, it's so amazing when I came here in America, uh, you know, my parents, my father, my brothers and sisters, you know, they were expecting me to stay here in America to work and send money back home. But it's so amazing that my mom was praying for somebody to come back, I mean, to come and help the church. But they did not know if God was going to send me back to be part of that work. So it's a God thing. So I went back and I began to work uh, beside my dad. You know, my dad is about 68 years old. And, uh, you know, I'm the new generation. And uh, in a sense, uh, I don't see things as, uh, you know, my dad will see things. But somehow I was willing to work together with him. And there's one thing that I respect uh, is that uh, I'm, whatever I'm doing today, I'm working on my dad's foundation. Good. And I want to respect that. Good. So he has been, he has worked, uh, you know, many, many years, for 40 years. So I have to respect, you know, everything that he was doing. And I'm working with him, even though that sometimes there are a couple of things that we don't see the same way. But I respect the fact that he had worked and I'm just continuing on the foundation that he had laid. Beautiful. So uh, we work together and now it's like... Uh, I'm the one that brings the vision. If somebody comes to the church and wants to talk with my dad, my dad will say, go find Pastor Bennett. So there's a good relationship there, and we're working big time together. So, uh, so this is the church. Uh, uh, we, when I went back, there was a small church. We put one expansion on the church. We put a second expansion. We put a third expansion. Beautiful. And <laughs> Beautiful. And until we had to tear the whole church down, yeah. all the expansion down to build a yeah. bigger church. Hey, uh, stop, stop so. right here. Everybody listen to that just so you know what's coming. <laughs> then what? So, we put a, built a new facility, yeah. and uh, right now we have uh, over 400 people at the church. So, um, Beautiful. I mean, you know, 400 people in a community where you have about 2,000 people, so... Beautiful. It's, uh, you know, and we're trusting the Lord. Uh, I'm, I, I have the vision already to... Expand the church again. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, because the Lord Jesus is so good, and uh, I mean, uh, to me, the further you go from Jesus, from God, the more danger you welcome into your life. Sure. So, I, I want the world to know that Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So, the reason why, you know, I, I, I told you. The reason why I want to further God's kingdom, my two main missions in life is to further God's kingdom and to further humanity. And the reason why I want to further God's kingdom is because if I see people, when I see people, I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, green, 
the only thing I could see inside people is God's dignity. And yeah. when people learn to see God's dignity inside people, they will treat them differently. Beautiful. So I can see what God has done for me. And that's Beautiful. why I want to further God's kingdom, Beautiful, my friend. Beautiful. Beautiful. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So there's a church there, and they pastor this church, and then when going back, there were a couple of other things that God really laid on Pastor Benit's heart. And I'm going to save the largest for last, but the latest thing, just a year or so ago, God started talking to you about an orphanage and beginning an orphanage and used a story of a couple of little girls. We have a picture of that. Why don't you walk me through what you're doing with an orphanage and sort of your vision for that orphanage and tell the story about this little girl. Uh, you know, I just told you that my two main vision is to further God's kingdom and also further humanity. Uh, I love to see people grow. I love to see people uh, walk into... Uh, the thing that God wants them to, to walk in, I strongly believe that it's not God's will for people to live on, in poverty. Good. Good. I don't know. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But that's me. Yeah. Because when I see the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, so you're telling me that when somebody is going look for food in garbage, do you think that God is glad when he sees that? No, sir. I don't believe it. So I cannot picture God rejoicing over somebody looking for food into a garbage place. No, sir. That's not the God that I'm serving. No, sir. No, sir. That's why I hate poverty with a perfect hatred because I know that it's not the will of God. No, sir. I mean, I know that the enemy is taking the world into hostage with sins, poverty, and misery. But the will of God is for his people to have life abundantly. Good. And I'm going for that. Good, good. So, when I go, I went, I used to go buy food, uh, you know, for the feeding program. And where I used to go buy the food, I used to see those girls there. And they live in one room made with rusted steel. And that's then there. That's where they take their bath in a bucket with a gallon of water. You know, I usually go and I will give them some money and uh, they say, okay, just go and buy some food for yourself. And one time I went back to buy some more food and they told me that one of them died of malnutrition and I said you know I've got to do something for the other one because I'm not going to let the other one die and I said I'm going to take her home and I took her home and uh, so right now I've, I have nine girls at my home taking care of them amen Amen. Amen. So, you, you can see at the bottom the big difference. You can see the difference between the previous two pictures and the second picture. The one in pink, 
the second one on uh, the on my on the right is the one that used to be is the one that you saw in the previous picture so you can see the difference in her right now so our goal is to bring about 50 kids uh, 50 children into our orphanage i understand here they are builders workers Anyway, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> so maybe one of these days I'm going to get some of these workers yes, sir. to go and do some work yeah. to build that orphanage. Help Wouldn't you like to build orphanage. an orphanage in Haiti? In Haiti. Yeah. So Pastor Rex can go and preach and while the workers are working. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so you have an orphanage. There are nine girls there right now. The most remarkable thing in some pictures that I'm going to show you and uh, in our conversations this afternoon, I said, what do you think the largest uh, obstacle facing the people in Haiti, why is it the poorest country on, in the Western Hemisphere? And he said, number one, it's about value and your value system. And the only value system that will change an entire nation is the relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Righteousness exalts a nation. That's what God's word said. And so that's why the church is so important to him. That's why everything he does, he says, is about Jesus Christ and exalting a nation. The second thing you said was that education uh, is so vitally important that people perish for lack of knowledge. That's your Bible as well. So you started the school. Talk to me about the school, about what's happening there, some remarkable pictures about that. I started there. When I went back to Haiti, I noticed that there was a problem with education. I'm the first one to finish high school in the church, in my church, in my dad's church. And I said, you know, the next generation will not be this way. So there was a small room, 14 by 15 feet. And I started with 29 kids. <laughs> but as I told you, I'm not afraid to start small. Yeah. I'm a man with a vision. I'm going to start small, and then God will will follow me. I, ha I could preach on that. Because you might think, man, he's bringing a bad doctrine when I said God is following me. <laughs> no. That's my commitment or my agreement with my Lord. Yeah. That's me and him. In the assignment that he has given me, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes I start and say, God said, man, I'm going to follow you, son, because you trust me. When I trust God, I start small. And he said, okay, I'm behind you. And that's what happened. I started with 29 children in small room, 14 by 15 feet. And God said, I'm going to be with you. And 29 children, today we have over 700 children at the school. Yes, we give him all the praise. So, we have a kindergarten section, we have a primary section, and we have a primary, secondary Kindergarten <laughs> section. 
So this is one of the rooms that we have uh, in the school. It's nicer than this one. Uh, we want those guys to become leaders. Yeah. That will ch have changed the face of yeah. the nation. Yeah. Next picture. So that was the graduation uh, there. So this is the secondary and primary school. And this is a computer class that we have. Uh, <laughs> to tell you the truth, last year, we had a 19-year-old girl, a young lady at the school. She was in 13th grade. And uh, in Haiti, we have 13th grade. And she learned how to use a computer for the first time because of the school, because of that computer class. So we want the best for them. The best. So this is uh, the cafeteria of the school where we feed the... We feed them, uh, we'll give 800 plates five days a week. Hang on just a second. Don't miss that. 800 plates of food every day, five days a week. Yeah, five days a week. Amen. Yeah, many of these children will come without eat, eating anything. And whenever there's a problem and the food is not cooked at the school, sometimes that could make me mad. <laughs> because I want them to eat that day. I don't want to miss a day. So, uh, because it's a blessing. It's a blessing not only for the children, but also for the personnel that are there. You help them save at least a couple of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the school uh, suffered some damage in the earthquake. Show me some pictures of those, Josh, in the back. So this, talk to me through these pictures, Pastor. Okay. Uh, that was the school that uh, we had, uh, the school building that we had before the earthquake. I spent 12 years, man, building that school. 12 years. In 33 seconds, it was down. One thing, it taught me never put any trust in any material things. Because it could go in one minute. Good. Just one minute it could go. And that was our cafeteria. It got damaged as well. And that was a sleeping quarter that we had on the second floor. It got affected. And, but the Lord is so faithful. So we had all kinds of benches that were destroyed uh, during that earthquake. And uh, somehow uh, the Lord is so faithful. He's so faithful. Whenever he gives you an assignment... He will follow. Whatever happened to you, he will open doors. Can you stop there for a minute, please? I was in Haiti, and the earthquake hit. I did not curse God. I said, Lord, may your will be done. <laughs> you gave me, you took away. May your name be blessed. And somebody from Pennsylvania had that building, that prefab building, sitting down for two years because the city of Harrisburg will not allow them to build that building. If they were supposed to build it, they would have to spend $100,000. They said, no, we're not going to do anything. We're going to let it sit down. 
for two years. And after the earthquake, they called me and they said, I have a building here. Do you want it? <laughs> yes. Listen, I don't know how to put prefab building together. I said, yes, I'll take it. <laughs> By faith. And God said, okay, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to bring the, the, the workers. So somebody from Texas called me and said, okay, we're going to put it together for you. And they went down for six months and they put that building together for us. For free. And this is the new school building right now. So that building is too small. So we are in the process of building, of adding onto it. So this is where we are right now. We are the small piece of land on the side. And then right now we are working on uh, the school expansion, more rooms. Uh, so this is where we are. Um, we building. And this is where we are right now. So uh, we need more school rooms for the kids, a library, a computer room. Uh, so that's where we are. And this is how the school will look like when it is uh, done. But except it's going to have a couple more floors. So. Beautiful. Amen. Amen. So that's where we are. And the Lord is uh, with us and continue uh, to be with us. Amen. Yeah. Let, me, l let me tell you, uh, pastor's telling him to preach. He will. Hang on. I just want to set him up. So. 800 meals a day, five days a week, and 700 kids, and nine girls. I don't know if you caught this. You have to listen close. Nine girls don't live in an orphanage that exists on a piece of property somewhere. They live in his home. That's the orphanage right now is his home. And so all of this he's doing, he has two girls of his own. He has a family of his own. He's also pastoring a thriving, growing church. He's also the national coordinator for 150 churches in the nation of Haiti. He's hosting a pastor's conference in just a few months with 500 national pastors. Hopefully your senior pastor will be preaching that national conference. And so all of this is going on in my... Yeah, that's worthy. Yeah. 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 So here, here's, the, here's the ultimate question. Here's what, here's what I ask. Maybe this is what you're asking. Why? Why? Why all of this? What do you, how do you get up every morning and continue this? How do you fight against a government that's corrupt, is historically corrupt? How do you fight against poverty that is rampant in this country? How do you fight against the national attitude that uh, this is just what we have, this is what we're always going to have? And he told me a remarkable story about how he guides his ministry, this is good preaching, this is what I wanted to preach about, how he views the people of Haiti, and this is why we're going to begin a relationship with Pastor Benit. Talk to me about mud and about gold, Pastor. Amen. One of the reasons why I'm in Haiti, it's because my country, my people, they have been uh, uh, destroyed even by their own brothers and sisters. 
But I know that the word of God can make the difference. And one thing that I tell people, I cannot change Haiti. But with the power of God inside of me, I'd love to lay my one block in the construction of that country. And the way I see it, and what I'm trying to help my people to understand is that they are precious. They are God's king and queen. That's what I want them to see. Earlier I said that I don't care you are white, black, yellow, or green. But what I want to see, and I ask God to help me see that inside of everybody, is the dignity that he has placed inside of his people. Help me to see that dignity. Because when I see that dignity, then I'll be able to, I don't, you know, it, it does not matter if I'm a billionaire, but I can still shake hands with anybody who is not a millionaire or who is nobody. Treat them the same. Lord, help us. My message to my people is that if you will take a bucket of mud and you take a piece of gold. Somebody gave this to me. That was a blessing. And you put that piece of gold into that bucket. I'm so sorry, Pastor Mitch, uh, if I'm standing up. It was supposed to be an interview, huh? I'm so excited when I'm talking. It's in my heart. I'm so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Can I sit down? <laughs> so if you take that piece of gold and you put it into that bucket, does that make this mud? No. It's still a gold. still a piece of gold. So, most of my people, they identify themselves with their environment. Their environment looks like, you know, every day they see garbage on the floor, on the road. People pee uh, everywhere in front of people. It's dirty. You know, you will see... Dirty, dirty water, muddy water all over the place. They identify themselves with their environment. While they are not mud, they are gold. The problem comes when people are identifying themselves with their environment. And that's the problem of Haiti right now. So, if we can get them to understand that they are not mud, but they are gold, 
then they begin to act differently. Because if you identify yourself with the mud, you're going to talk like mud. You're going to act like mud. You're going to walk like mud. Everything will look like mud. But if you think that you are gold, you identify yourself with gold. Listen, when you are walking, you're going to walk with your head lifted high because I'm not anybody. I'm precious in God's sight and God has made me precious. I'm going to talk. When I'm talking, I'm not going to talk any kind of talk. I'm not going to talk like mud because I'm not mud. I'm gold. And when you talk like mud, you identify yourself with mud. And that's the message that I want to preach to my people. And once they begin to understand that, I guarantee you, they will begin to change the face of that nation. Good. 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 Because I always say to people, your actions are proportional with the way you think. Yeah. I think gold. Good. My actions are golden. Good. Actions. Beautiful. Love Beautiful. You. Stand up God all over the you. house. Have you enjoyed this? Don't you love what God's doing through Pastor Benit? Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do before he leaves and pastor comes. We're going to pray for him. Now, in the coming months, uh, we're going to explore as a pastoral team how we can partner better. We're going to tell you how we can partner better. Our board of directors and our pastoral team will explore those possibilities. There are some of you here with skills and talent. When I told him how many medical doctors attended Christian Life Church, he almost ran the aisles of this church. Because they need medical care, they need skilled laborers, and we can partner with people. We believe in people that know that the only hope for humanity is Jesus Christ. And he is helping shape the country of Haiti through that message. And so we're going we're gonna, to, in the next several months, we're going to present to you how we can partner with them. But the first thing we're going to do and the best thing we can do is to pray for them. And to promise to cover him and them in prayer. And so I want to do that. I want you to pray for them. I want our hearts to be knit together. This is the beginning of a relationship for us. And we believe that God can knit us together in your hearts. Not just ours, not just pastors. But I want your hearts to be knit together with Pastor Benit and what's happening in in Haiti. So if you'll do that with me, I want you to stretch your hands this way as high as you can. I want you to close your eyes. And out loud, I want you to pray that God would touch our brother. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the wonderful person that he is. God, thank you that you're using my friend to change a country. Thank you, Lord Jesus that you've given him a vision, that lives are being transformed, that futures are being determined. God, I pray for an anointing. I pray for fresh anointing in his life. God, I pray that everything that he touches would be blessed. God, I pray for provision supernaturally, that the windows of heaven would be opened and you would pour out blessing in Haiti. God, through his ministry, by his hands, God, I pray by your spirit and it alone that life change would come 
to the nation of Haiti. God, that the good news of Jesus Christ would be preached in every village, in every corner, in every hamlet. God, that children's lives and destinies would be transformed through this ministry. God, knit our hearts together. God, knit our hearts together in love. I pray for my friend. I pray for his church. I pray for that school. I believe you for a nation-changing revival in Haiti. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.